Hello, and welcome to Tiny Transformations, the podcast where we test out those small changes that people tell us will dramatically change our lives for the better. I'm Jen Connell. And I'm Cindy Donahue. We're your hosts through these experiments on tiny transformations that we hope will result in big changes in our lives. This week's experiment was to spend at least 20 minutes a day reading a book for pleasure, ideally in a quiet environment and without distractions. And we chose this experiment partially just because I really like to read and I wanted us to do it. Uh, But there is a lot of evidence to back up the idea that reading can be stress relieving and also have a lot of other benefits. The study that kind of came up over and over again when I was doing research for this topic was a study from 2009 out of the University of Sussex in the UK. And they found that reading can reduce stress levels by as much as 68%. Uh, I assume using one of the similar stress measurement tools to like we're using uh, for these experiments and that they found that this was an even greater reduction in stress levels than was seen in people who would listen to music or go for a walk. Something that I found interesting also was that they found that even as little as six minutes of reading slowed the heart rate and reduced muscle tension in people. So there's plenty of evidence out there that it reduces stress. Reading has a lot of other benefits. So reading's been shown to slow cognitive decline. There's a study on older patients that found that reading or other cognitively stimulating activities may slow dementia. Reading can also help to improve sleep. Uh, This is kind of twofold. It can be from replacing the blue light from your phone, assuming you're not using your phone or a similar device to read on. Um, But also just as part of a nighttime ritual, reading can help kind of get you ready for bed in that way and therefore improve your sleep. Uh, It's also been found to enhance social skills. So a 2013 study that was published in Science found that individuals who read fiction may have a better what they call theory of mind. And that's an ability to understand that people's beliefs, desires, and thoughts are different from your own. Um, And another study found that readers of fiction scored higher on tests of empathy. So again, it goes to that being able to relate to other people's experiences, even though they're different from your own. Another commonly observed benefit of reading is that it may boost intelligence in like the idea that you, the more you read, the more you know, the more facts are just like mixed up in that in your brain and it just exposes you to an increased vocabulary. Um, This comes up a lot with children and the idea that you're supposed to expose children to as much reading as possible. That's like of all the things out there that people try to do to get their kids ahead in whatever way, the only thing that's like been actually demonstrated to have an effect is reading to them. The more you read to them, the better they do long term. So that's why there's things like Dolly Parton sending kids free books because you need to expose kids to books as early as possible. Hmm. That's really interesting. And I guess if you're looking for a gift for a kid, just get him a book and forget the uh, the fancy mobile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When, when I was pregnant with my first child, one of my good friends, who's now an English professor, sent us a bunch of children's books. And he was like, I got to make sure this child of two engineers actually reads. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, but reading can also um, improve focus as well as engage your imagination and creativity. So are there any 
particular benefits of reading that you are excited about, Cindy, beyond just the stress relief we're looking for here? Um, I would say I think taking like a mental break from the world around you. I think that's kind of like what reading does, um, especially if you're mm-hmm. reading fiction or even nonfiction. Like if you're reading kind of, I don't know, an autobiographical book about somebody who's doing a completely different thing than what you do day to day it's kind of cool you can Mm -hmm. almost put yourself in their position and kind of take a break Mm -hmm. from your life and I I think I mean that's probably part of the stress relief is that kind of transporting yourself somewhere else so I've always kind of found that to be fun with with books and especially when I've gotten into a book and I'm not a big book reader you know I think um, what's kind of funny about this experiment is that you and I are like yin and yang when it comes to reading. <laughs> I thoroughly remember your childhood bedroom being just like covered in books, books everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine, not so much. So uh, I, I thought it'd be, uh, I definitely thought it'd be an interesting experiment. I wasn't necessarily super excited, but I was interested and I figured, you know, the, the research is there to back it all up. So I was mm-hmm. definitely more optimistic. I think, especially compared to meditation. <laughs> <laughs> the statement about like my childhood bedroom being covered in books um, kind of also just reminds me of um, some other stuff that I came across here that when you're, when I was doing the research for this, that when you're reading for stress relief, you don't need to be reading like a bestseller or something that's commonly accepted as a good book. Um, you should just be reading what you like and not something that will upset you or be hard to get through in some way whether that's hard to get through because of the subject matter or because you're not actually enjoying the book you just feel like you should read it and the reason that reminded that like talking about my childhood better reminded me of that is because like growing up I was totally okay with that like I would just read a ton of babysitters club and there was a horse series too thoroughbreds maybe saddle club saddle club saddle club too (laughs) and like all of those and so like they're just like kind of candy of books for kids but I didn't care I was reading and it didn't matter right and then I think at some point as you grow up you're like oh I should be reading better books and I've I feel like this comes up also sometimes when I I see mostly see on social media posts from some English teachers and things like that where they struggle with like they want kids to enjoy reading and sometimes the books that are in class are just not that interesting and so people get turned off to reading or I mean they might be interesting to some kids but they're not necessarily interesting to all the kids and I remember like even though I read a ton and I'm pretty sure I still read a ton through high school there were plenty of books that I was supposed to have read in high school that I did not read (laughs) I am shocked (laughs) I I am thoroughly shocked I definitely thought you read everything cover to cover and I was the poser with the cliff notes nope nope (laughs) did not read everything the only test I've ever failed was an English test what I'm learning so much about you (laughs) (laughs) admittedly that was a makeup test I forget why I missed the first test but I also had never done the reading in the first place so it was that it was amazing. like long after we had talked about it that I actually took the test. Plus, I'd never done the read it. It was a mess. But anyway. Wow. We're going to have to take that one offline. I need to know more. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and we can, we'll get more into this probably as we start to talk about our experiences in this experiment. But I think that it's really important to remember that 
it's okay to just read what you like, even if it's like what other people consider like nonsense or not worth reading or whatever. Just read what you enjoy and what you like, especially if you're just doing it for a stress relief purpose. If you're looking for uh, additional ways to kind of fit in more reading or hold yourself accountable for reading or something or anything like that, one of the podcasts that I've spoken about before, the Happier Podcast with Gretchen Rubin is doing a read 21 in 2021 challenge sort of thing. I mean, it's just like you track it yourself and do it, but there's kind of encouraging listeners to read 21 minutes a day, every day in 2021. And there's a lot of ideas on their website of how to get that, how to do that and how to get in more reading, whether it's the 21 minutes or just like generally to get in more, more reading. And she also in that vein suggests that you should just let yourself quit books if you're not enjoying them um, and go with what your inclinations are. This all helps to keep reading from being a chore, which can result in you just not doing it. And I know I've, I've run into that before when I'm reading a book, either because somebody suggested it or I think I should read it or whatever, and I'm just like not enjoying it. And so then I just don't naturally go to read when I have a break. And therefore I don't get through that book and therefore I don't start another book and it's Mm -hmm. it's hard to let books go and I'm still working on it but I definitely find that if I'm actually enjoying a book I just get through a lot more variety of books and stuff right for these two weeks we committed to 20 minutes of daily reading after this break we'll talk about our results So, Cindy, what was your experience with this experiment? So, I um, read, or rather, I'm still reading two books because uh, I'm slow. One is Wild by Cheryl Strayed, and the other is Taking Point by Brent Gleason. So, one, they're both um, uh, nonfiction books. Cheryl Strayed is a, you may recall, is the the, the film adaptation starred Reese Witherspoon. It's basically where yep. this woman, like her life falls apart and she goes and tries to find herself on the Pacific Crest Trail. So I've been wanting to read this book um, for a little while. And actually, um, to touch on the point you made earlier, Jen, about reading what you want. I remember when we were kind of planning out this episode and I was trying to decide on a book to read. I was like kind of nervous about picking a book one, because I wanted to make sure it was something I was going to keep picking up. And two, I really fell into that trap of like, is this going to, am I going to be judged? Am I judged for reading this book? And I went on like Goodreads and I was reading reviews and like there were some good reviews, but some people were trashing it. And I was like, but I want to read it. And then, you know, I talked to you and you were like, just read the book. Who cares? (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, okay, I'll read the book. So that book and then also Taking Point by Brent Gleason which is a uh it's actually a leadership book um and I started reading it probably well over a year ago and then I put it down um and then kind of recently there's been a lot of change going on at work and this book in particular is about leading through change so I kept the Taking Point book in my office and then wild I kept upstairs in my bedroom so I kind of had like two different routines going on and to start and to the in the beginning of kind of our experiment it was much more of just reading wild and it was on my nightstand and I would read it before I'd go to bed which was nice because again no blue light and I felt like it just kind of like 
had me go to sleep, which is interesting because it was, I mean, she's a little stressed out in the book. She's in, alone in the wilderness. So, you know, there's that. But I think um, <laughs> I kind of made it like a little bit of a routine where I change into my PJs, I take my contacts out, I would make a cup of tea, and then I would crawl in the bed and read my book. And I definitely felt a lot less stressed on nights that I did that. And I was able to fall asleep Good. really well. So I was like, oh, this, is, this isn't bad. I should keep doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and then further along into the experiment, actually, I started picking up the Taking Point book again because I was preparing for this um, big presentation. I was looking for some inspiration. So I started kind of reading it. And I would read, like, chunks of it, you know, just like five or ten pages in the middle of the day. And I found that by taking a break, one from my computer, and then reading this, and I, I also just enjoyed the book, it kind of got me, like, motivated to keep going mm-hmm. through the rest of my work day, and it, like, gave me inspiration. So I thought that was kind of an interesting takeaway from the experiment, is you can almost, and I felt like it de-stressed me because it gave me, like, something to think about, like, it motivated me. And I, when I feel inspired, I, don't, I feel, mm-hmm. like, less stressed. Because I don't feel so overwhelmed. I don't know if that makes sense. Right. Um, it it does but, make sense. Because you know. the stuff you have to do then seems more exciting and interesting. And, rather than just like oh, another thing I have to do. Yeah. So, yeah. It makes exactly. sense that being inspired helps. So. Cool. Yeah. So that worked out really well. And then I ended up recommending the book to my team. So, and actually one of my peers ended up buying it. So, um, there's only four more copies left on the Amazon though. So if anybody <laughs> wants it, you better jump on it. <laughs> well, speaking of Amazon, you could look lots of other places for it too. I had these in our notes later, but I can talk about it now since we mentioned Amazon. If okay. you're looking to buy books and want to shop somewhere other than Amazon, I do a lot of shopping on Amazon. I'm not going to judge people for shopping on Amazon, but I know there are people that are trying to cut back on shopping on Amazon. And so particularly for books, um, bookshop.org is a website where you can pretty much find anything that you can find on any books that you can find on Amazon. It's only books, not the rest of Amazon. (laughs) Um, But they work with independent bookshops so that they that the independent bookshops get a portion of the proceeds. Um, So that's a cool resource for new books. Book Outlet is one that I was just recently introduced to and bought too many books from because they're super discounted. Um, they're the way it works is they're they're all like marked with a small dot or a red line because they're returns or excess inventory from a publisher. Um, so you're not gonna find like a bestseller that everybody read on there, but you'll find a lot of interesting books on there. Somewhere you might find a bestseller that everybody read for a good price is Thrift Books because they have both new and secondhand books, and they have some for very some like really popular books for very cheap because people read them and then get rid of them. And Half Price Books is another website that I've used before and gone to the actual shops of before um, that has both new and secondhand books. So if you're looking for things other than Amazon, there's lots of resources out there. I'm sure there's way more than those, but these are four resources that I've actually shopped from. (laughs) No, that's awesome. And I'm definitely going to check that out after listening to this episode of this podcast. So, Jen, do you want to um, tell us a bit more about your experience with this experiment? Sure. Uh, so, I 
like we've mentioned before, I, I do do a lot of reading. And so my way of trying to make this experiment different from what I do on a, I, what I was doing before this on a regular basis is I tried to spend time reading actual physical books rather than um, ebooks just to make it a little bit different. I've been primarily reading ebooks on my phone recently because that's where I know how to get the library apps and I, I'm mostly reading library books on my phone and I've got, I go through cycles because during this pandemic I've gone through cycles where I've been reading all ebooks and cycles where I've been reading physical books and stuff like that but I have recently been reading a lot of ebooks wanted to read physical books uh, so I would take my book and typically would go to the hammock we have on our back patio and read while the kids were doing their own thing in the evenings most of the time I was by myself but a good chunk of the time my youngest would join me with her iPad and we'd just hang out and relax together um, in the hammock. I finished two fiction, like physical books during this time, Anxious People by Frederick Backman and My Sister the Serial Killer by Oyunkin Braithwaite. Uh, but I did also still keep reading an ebook on my phone. I tend to read on my phone when I'm in bed, like before, right before I go to sleep. I know it's the blue light and that's bad, but I tend to go to sleep after my husband because he wakes up super, super early and I still like to read in bed. And I personally find reading on my phone easier than reading a physical book with a book light. It also puts off less light, according to him, like it, get, it bothers him less if he happens to wake up or be awake. So... There's still the downside to reading on the phone then, though, because, like we said, the blue light. But also, I can I do sometimes get more distracted when I'm reading on my phone. I'll be like, oh, I can go play a game, or I can go scroll Instagram or things. So I might try to see if I can get the library apps on the e-readers we have and see if I can do that, because I think we have an e-reader that lights up its own pages, but I could be wrong. So I need to look into that, but... I was still reading an ebook also. And similarly to what you were talking about, Cindy, where you were reading multiple books, I I mean, obviously I was reading multiple books because I had like the fiction physical book, the fiction ebook on my phone. And then um, I was also, I'm also reading Color of Law for the social justice book club that I'm up, I'm in, which I mean, book club, it's, it's like our work group all once a quarter-ish <laughs> talks about these things. But I find it easiest to read now that I've like actually gotten back into reading, which I've admittedly only done in like the last like two years, maybe the only way I can personally read multiple books is if they're in like these different formats are totally different. So like I can keep a fiction physical book, a fiction ebook and a nonfiction book all going at once because I think just them being totally different makes it easier for me to separate. But I didn't used to be somebody who read multiple books at once. But I think it's, I like that I do that now because it enables me to read like the books to better myself along with the fiction books just for fun. Right. You're not choosing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I do find it, it, it mildly interesting that you chose all nonfiction books and I preferred fiction books. I wasn't expecting that going in. I know, right? I, I thought maybe I would choose... I always seem to gravitate to kind of like these weird autobiography books. Like, again, I'm not a big book reader, but like I read The Wolf of Wall Street before it was a movie. And I like those kind of books. I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is somebody's real life. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> this is insane. So I think I kind of gravitate towards like extraordinary true stories 
I put that in air quotes for our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, what overall is your conclusion about this tiny transformation? And do you think that you're going to stick with it? Yes, I think I'm going to stick with at least reading more or turning to reading as a form of stress relief, because um, I did really feel that way. And I, you know, do have that recommendation of you don't need to read self-improvement books or those top seller books just to do mm-hmm. this. I, I really stress that. And I think that was really great advice that you gave, Jen. And then you should just read what makes you happy. Um, and who cares what other people think? Because honestly, everybody's reading garbage books too. They're just only posting pictures of like, you know, top sellers on Instagram. They're not going to show you their shop, right? You know, romance I mean, novels. <laughs> to that point, even while I'm here, like spouting, like read everything you want. I don't put everything I read on Goodreads. Right. Like, I only exactly. track most of the things I read. <laughs> right. Um, and I would definitely say don't read the news. That's not the that's not going to help you no matter what. Like the, reading the news is not going to stress relief. It's just going to probably make you sad or angry or stressed or something. It's not going to be good. Um, <laughs> and it's not a race. Take your time. It doesn't matter if you're a slow reader. You can still enjoy it. So mm-hmm. I would say I'm going to keep trying. How about you, Jen? I mean, I will always recommend that people read. Um, it, I'm really happy that I'm reading again. I'm, I didn't read much in grad school. Well, I didn't read much in college beyond like what I had to. I didn't read much in grad school. And then I had kids. And so it's been a while of, bef- since I've like actually read a lot. And over the last two years, getting back into it has been good. And I, And part of what has enabled me to get back into it, I think, is really that letting go of like what I should be reading and just reading what I want. Like what I was reading a lot of when I got back into reading regularly was just romantic comedies and romance books like that. Like just stuff that I could just chew through quickly and enjoy the story. And it didn't have to be like a classic or anything that anybody would care about five years from now. So there's a lot of great books out there, no matter what your interests are. So I think it's worth exploring if you can find a story that helps you disconnect from your life and find that stress relief. And oh, I forgot to mention this earlier, but also part of the reason that I recommend or that I'd like reading as a stress reliever is because you can't do other things when you're reading. Mm. I listen to audiobooks sometimes if I, and I listen to a lot of podcasts if I'm like cleaning or things like that. But if I'm like reading a book with my eyes, which if you can't, read if you prefer to listen to audiobooks you do you that's awesome but if you're reading a book like that you have to hold and read with your eyes like you can't be doing something else versus if I'm watching tv or something like that which I think of as being stress relieving I'm often just scrolling on my phone at the same time or whatever and you're not engaging in one activity right Um, no that's a really good point that you (laughs) can't you can't do something else if you're holding the book and looking at it yeah that's a good one So yes, I would recommend reading. That's all we have for this episode of Tiny Transformations. Thanks for listening. Notes and links for the things we talked about in this episode can be found at our website, tinytransformationspodcast.com. We're starting to blog there as well to keep you updated on things we might not talk about in the podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at tinytransformationspodcast. If you have thoughts on this transformation or ideas for future experiments, you can email us at tinytransformationspodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at our website. 
And if you enjoy our show, please subscribe and leave us a rating and review in whatever system you're using to listen to us. Tiny Transformations is written and hosted by Cindy Donahue and Jen Connell. Karen Darger is our producer. The music in this episode is Wholesome by Kevin McLeod, used under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Go out and try your own transformations. And remember that tiny transformations can lead to big results. Thank you.